Season 2, Episode 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, and joining me this week, um, back for the first time this season, um, Zach Gosnola from Weymouth. Good evening, English friends. And and Aaron Wall from New York. Hello. Though I'm not from New York anymore. I'm, I'm from Boston now, From Boston? Sadly. You've moved? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, wow. When did that all happen? Kept that Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Okay. Right, okay. Um, so before I talk about the Sunderland game... Um, Aaron from Boston, then. Sorry? Aaron, Aaron, from, Aaron from Boston, even. There you go. It just doesn't sound right, but go ahead. Yeah. New York sounds more glamorous. Yeah, um, I know, I know. It's worth a tea party, isn't it? Weren't you in, <laughs> weren't you in New York a few weeks ago watching... Um, what game was it? With um, Zayden yeah. and Sababi, who's appeared on the podcast a few times. Yeah, I was. I was. That was like that was like my last hurrah, and then I moved to what some refer to as um, new and improved England um, in uh, in Boston. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, before we talk about a Sunderland game, um, just a quick announcement. So, um, Nikki um, uh, Merritt, who's um, my co-host on the podcast, and and um, you know, regular listeners will, will have heard her dulcet tones. Um, she's, we mentioned this a few weeks ago on the podcast, she's been doing a lot of work um, to try to raise the profile of Spurs in, in South Africa and, and particularly in Johannesburg. Um, and she's set up a Facebook page called Johannesburg Spurs. And um, last week it was announced that she is now the official chairman of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club. So congratulations, Nikki, on that, and um, good luck. And if anybody, if we've got any South African listeners listening, or if you're an expat or you know um, some friends who support Spurs and are from South Africa, then um, look up the um, Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club. There's a link on the Tottenham Hotspur website. Um, Nikki's the, the chair, and there are contact details, so if you've got any questions around that and you want to get more involved then she's your woman so yeah just once again congratulations nikki on on, on that yeah congrats right. nikki yeah you go nikki right sunderland yesterday um before i give my little anecdote of my trip to um the northeast um and what i thought of the game i'm gonna start with aaron what was your take on on the match yesterday uh yeah it was uh three points Right, I mean, uh, rough, rough game at times, but I thought Sunderland were playing well above the way they've been playing uh, up till now, and they tried new formation. They were they were attacking. They Kabul was playing out of his skin against us, and I thought um, we did well to, well to get the the win. I I quite enjoyed it actually, despite it being a fairly painful thing to watch. I enjoyed the win. Zach, what was your take on the, on the match? Um, I think we started quite poorly, really. I think we were not dominated, but 
uh, Sunderland had the upper hand against us um, and we struggled to, to really get going and then it was really the last part of the game I would say 20 minutes we really actually started to wake up and I don't know whether it was a too early a morning but um, start for the for lads but um, we really started to wake up at that point and I mean the goal was beautiful what a goal what a move you know absolutely that's premium Tottenham isn't it the, the goal was yeah you know everything that you dream of from a Tottenham side it was mm. um, Chris passing good movement good finish um, I had and... to watch it I watched it actually two or three times I did it just to try and work out where the ball had gone so it's no wonder we sliced through the defenders. You know, it was there was so much running in that. But before that, we had we sort of made Sunderland look a bit better than they were. But why can't um, we? Why can't we do more of that? I mean, that's a frustrating thing. You know, large parts of that game, um, we had the ball in the wide areas, and the fullbacks were getting forwards. And sure, uh, Chadley's got the ball, and he's cutting in, but. They get close to goal and they seem tentative. It's almost like they don't know what to do with the ball and it's just too slow and the build up is but that was you know, that was crisp, quick, um incisive. Ac- inc- yeah. Incisive, yeah. Accurate passing. Um and I know okay, you can't do that all the time. You can't necessarily maintain a particular level, but it would be nice if we saw a bit more of that. It's just it's almost like we lack imagination in that final third at times. It was a speed well, of movement forward, wasn't it? Do you think? We, the fact yeah. that I know I chat to um, Carol about this, about the panning around and passing it back and, and, and all the rest of it and waiting until all the opposition have got everyone, you know, in position behind the ball. And then we think, right, yeah, now let's go at you guys. Now you're really organised. And, and teams are very well organised these days. You know, you're not going to break team. You're going to need to counter-attack and, and, and get them, pull them out of shape. And, and, and they work on, you know, that, that those lower teams in, in the Premiership will work on staying in shape. They'll work on defensive formations, the midfielders slotting in just in front of the um, back four so that they're very hard to break down. And when we play so narrow, as we often do with the inverted wingers, then it makes their job even easier. Did you see Poch after the game said that it, what 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 made the difference between the first two halves was that we finally started playing more narrow in the second half, creating more opportunity for the kind of late run that uh, that we had that 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 created the goal. That there was that that we actually needed more of that in the first half. What was interesting to me was that there was um, there was almost too too many passes too many touches inside the box there wasn't enough kind of just unleashing shots we it took us a very very long time to have our first shot on on goal and i don't know for my eyes it seemed like we were being too clever trying to trying to do too much in in the box in the first half um and it's ironic that the goal came from so much of so many passes and such a great team goal but but um there's yeah. a balance there, right? Yeah. We... I think um, there were signs, certainly, um, in that game. There were one or two positive things. Um, we need to carry that forward. But I, I've i got to say, um, I found the game painful to watch. Um, <laughs> and I'm delighted that we won. I think that's, that's the main thing. We, know, we need 
three points. You know, you keep picking up a point here, a point there, a point there. You need we got three points and um and then and you also psychologically you need to get that first win under the belt and then hopefully that'll give us some momentum and confidence. And also sometimes if you go to places like Sunderland and you scrap it out and, and win one nil, um that can um that in itself can help um can be a turning point, can't yeah, it? I think yeah. you can. Um, I, I think you know the, the the confidence was probably ebbing away from our players a little bit after four games. Whatever the coach is saying to them, it's still you know we haven't won again. Um, and it, it, I, I think you are going to have, you know, unless you've got an ego the size of, I don't know, Adebayor, um, then you're still going to have some doubts. You're still going to think Who? Adebayor, you know, um, just used some, to play for us. Don't remember. No, don't. No, no, no. He's a free agent. I think. I don't think he plays for us. I don't know who he plays for these days. But, I think it's um, worth a cheeky, uh, cheeky punt on him. He's free now. <laughs> we need a striker. I think we should. Sh- I, I, I think he should. I would. I would really love it if he signed for Chelsea because um, because they're struggling. Bless them. And um, you know, um, I think it'll be a marriage made in heaven. Oh. And, and he's played for Mourinho before when um, when City um, loaned him out to Real Madrid. Uh, but there you go. That's enough of Addy. Um, sorry, Zach. <laughs> I yeah. interrupted you. I don't mind you interrupting me. It's just the talking of that waste of space that I object to. But yeah. um, uh, but it was my fault. I did bring him up. Um, yeah. I, what was the question? We were talking about... A, you mentioned a striker. Um, and we've obviously had the... The transfer window, we may or may not have bought two strikers or two midfielders. Um, but um, what about the? Um, should I ask the question now? What did you think of um, Son and his uh, performance? His performance against Sunderland. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. Um, I initially he looked. You know, he he seemed seemed very direct, but. Um, I don't know how match fit he is. I mean, he he didn't last the whole game. I don't know how much of preseason he he, he had with Leverkusen. Um, he needs to be given time. I just hope that fans don't suddenly. We'll talk about Lamella in a bit, but I hope that fans don't get on his back because he's got a huge price tag, or you know, on the back of a few YouTube videos or of um, that sort of thing. I just hope that that, that they don't place the earth and the sun no pun intended on him no, I thought he did a... good I thought I, you know he I I didn't expect too much from him I was glad to see that he started um, and I wasn't surprised to see him come off after an hour and the, I think those obviously I'm a I'm a an optimist <laughs> eternally when it comes to this team but I think um, I think it'll, it'll be nice to see what happens with him he didn't. He didn't. He didn't uh, blow anybody away, right? But he certainly, on occasion, looked pretty good. It was fairly tidy, and he, he seemed to be um, comfortable on both feet. And I, I kind of got the feeling almost like things didn't quite break for him. You mm-hmm. know, there was a few times he was in and around the box, and it, the the pass wasn't quite right, or the the bounce didn't quite happen. But um, but surely it's not. Um, you wouldn't imagine that Tottenham fans would turn on their own player. I mean, you know, there's not a precedent for that, is there, over the last 30 years? <laughs> oh, um, we, we talked about this off off, um, off air before we start recording, um, but Aaron, you're, you're coming over to um, 
to the UK for a short holiday in um, November, beginning of November, mm-hmm. and and to see Spurs. I was going to say for the first time, but I've got a feeling you you've, you might have seen them in the states in a preseason game. Is that yeah? Correct? But yeah. yeah, I did uh, against the New York Rebels, but I, it's yeah basically uh, this is this will be the first time. Yeah, this is the first time at White Hart Lane and oh, game of the lane. Yeah, yeah, um, and hopefully it'll be a great experience. Um, but I'm sure that somewhere in all of that, you'll probably hear the moans and the groans from our fans when things don't go according to plan. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot, unfortunately, a lot of that at Sunderland yesterday. Um, I was at the game yesterday, and um, as I said, I wasn't particularly impressed with the performance. Yep, great result, um, but I found the game quite boring I've got to say I didn't performance wasn't particularly good and I thought the atmosphere for an away match I thought it was a little bit flat um, and um, my experience my journey to Sunderland was quite eventful so I was on a train um, and I was supposed to get to Sunderland at 12.20 a good hour, hour or so before kickoff, and um, my train my train uh, broke down um halfway through um a place called scrooby which i've never heard of it sounds like scooby scooby doo and um there was a smell of burning and suddenly the train halted and we don't know what's happening and there's all these various unhelpful announcements about trying to find out what the issue is and then there's a technical fault and so on and so forth and then eventually we get told that the technical fault on the right hand side of the train but they need permission to stop the trains that are coming from the other direction so the driver can get on the on, on the track so eventually the driver goes down on the track on the right hand side of the train there's a faulty cable um about 20 minutes later we get told the faulty cable's fixed and the drivers we're, we're going to be on the move but we've by this point lost a good hour um so getting there on time i know it's now quite touch and go to make things even worse um, we start moving at 40 miles per hour and get told that we're going to, rather than stop at Newcastle, um, which was where I was going to change, um, the train is going to stop in... Now, I can't remember whether it was Doncaster or Darlington, one of those, anyway, somewhere, some godforsaken place up north. And um, the train stopped there, and uh, I had to get onto another train, and I met um, a gentleman called Michael John Bede, who was also at the game, so that was um, sort of fortunate that I saw him or through those circumstances. Um, anyway, eventually got to the, got to the ground, missed the first few minutes, which, which was quite frustrating. On the way back, coming back in the evening, um, we get told that um, you know, apologies if you can't, um, if you've reserved a seat, you can't. Um, there's nowhere to sit on the train, and it's packed and everything. But um, they'd taken out a carriage from from the train, carriage E, and the reason for that is. The train was faulty on the way up, so sod's law, I was on the same tr- faulty train <laughs> on the way back. Um, and that was the highlight of my trip yesterday. Um, that's how boring the match was. Um, I, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it, I've got to say. Um, did, you, did you read that the team bus got delayed as well on the way to the game? Did it really? Well, they, see, Sunderland, yeah. Sunderland should have delayed the kickoff then. The cat uh, from the Supporters Trust was trying to sort that out, I guess. She was tweeting about that. But yeah, the team... The team didn't have it in their plans that there was some fun run happening around Sunderland, and they right, got right stuck north behind run, it. Yeah, right north yeah. run. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they got stuck in that traffic and, and came late to the game, and their preparation was delayed, which may account for the flatness in the first half. Mm. Though that seems also, a, it's a, a bit of a tra- stretch. It's an early kickoff, isn't it? And, um, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know. Um, oh, sorry. It's the arse end of nowhere, isn't it, Sunderland? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a long way. It's nearly in Scotland. And um, it's, you know, it's not a great place. And so um, if you've got to get up that early, you, you know, you're not going to be, well, with a few, few exception of a few people that we know, know at games, you're not going to be drinking that early and be that jolly. So, you know, you've probably got up, what time, I don't know, what time do you get up to go up there? Um, about seven. Yeah, so seven on a Sunday. Um, you're you're you know you're you're not going to be really up for it as you were for as you would be for a three o'clock kickoff when it's just down the road and you spent three hours in a pub. The 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 United game was um, kicked off at the same time and the atmosphere yeah. for that was a lot lot better. Although Manchester isn't as far away as Sunderland. I suppose um, so. And yeah, and, and but then again, you have most of the fans, most of the home fans, making the same journey. <laughs> yeah, the same journey. Yeah, United fans <laughs> from Surrey and London. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's I've I've not I've been to that many away games, but the previous two that I'd been to, the atmosphere was a lot better at both at Goodison Park and and um, Old Trafford. It it was a bit flat, but how um, many take, Jeff? Sorry, how many did we take? Any idea? Um, The allocation was three thousand, but there was quite a few empty seats. All right. Right. So when I say quite a few, I mean there was three or four, five or six next to me that were empty. It's a big stadium, though, isn't it? And I don't. It think, is. I was um, surprised. They don't actually. Um, I mean, you know, even when they're playing reasonably well, I, don't, I think they struggle to sell it out. And it's a very big stadium for a team that aren't massive, really. Um, you know, they're a much bigger stadium than ours is, and, and they're, they're a much smaller support. So um, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of the home. That there's certainly the home set crowd. We could hear. I could hear the away fans, but I didn't hear much of the home fans on TV. Yeah, in the first yeah. half, in the first half, that they were they were pretty vocal, at least on TV. That seemed like they were really urging them them their their side on and mm-hmm. uh, pushing pushing for something. And they they almost got it right. That, that that's okay. That so that's that's the worrying aspect of yesterday, which was um, I I don't think Sunderland were particularly good. Um, but that being said, they had one or two chance. Well, they, they hit the crossbar shortly after we scored. Um, which was to me shades of uh, when once we scored and because it was around about the same time that we scored against Leicester um, straight out straight away I was thinking oh no here we are it's going to be deja vu and then they're going to equalise and they had a chance where they hit the crossbar and then of course in the first half Defoe was through in goal mm-hmm. and mm. that just to me post, didn't yeah but 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 it was so reminiscent of, of, of when he played for Spurs the run. You know the through ball. The only difference was he was actually on side. Um, but the other thing that was reminiscent was that he hit the post, right? He hit the post. Yeah, but a few times he would he would, he would bury those. But no, it was it was funny when he missed that chance straight away. The Spurs fans were, were singing Jermaine Defoe, he's a yiddo, and <laughs> um, you're Tottenham, and you know you are, and that sort of thing, which was quite refreshing. The but, other thing that was familiar about that was the the big ball up the middle. Um, you know, I'm thinking of several games last season. The big, the, the ball up the middle, and our defence parting like the, um, I don't know, the biblical quotes, but like the parting like the sea for Moses. But um, mm. it was, um, 
it was interesting that Toby has got a, a very um, easy ride so far. I'd say I, I was I was a big fan of his when he was at Ajax. I wanted us to buy him before Atletico Madrid, and then you know even before he went to Southampton. I said I really want to see him, but we seem to give him a lot. Um, he's made quite a few mistakes. He he uh, he could have given away a penalty. Um, he gave away a so? penalty against. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he thought that was a penalty. He 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 had he you know he grabbed him. He held he held Defoe back. He could if mm-hmm. Defoe had flung himself to the floor and a bit more um, whatever. I, I imagine it would have given the referee a very tough decision. Um, okay. he was he was holding him in the area quite blatantly. Uh, I think he's been quite refreshing. Defoe ran, with, with... Defoe ran past him for um, to get in on goal, and had that been a goal, yeah. would we, you know, would we be saying that so well, you know? And in his play, he's, he's done a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong; he's done a lot of good things, and I think he is a great player, and he will be a great player for us. But it's interesting when you compare that to someone like I don't know, like Lamella, um, and when you look at things like the stick that. Um, Soldado didn't get, and there seems to be certain players where people are almost willing them more to succeed and prepared to give them a bit of an easier ride than other players. Okay, let's. We're going to do questions later, but but let's 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 actually just go straight into some of those questions because it's interesting you mentioned Lamella and Defoe. So firstly, on on Defoe, um, he went through. He, he was on side. Um, unlike when he played for us, um, but he, he he hit the post and and yeah, we, we, we came away with, with with the three points and I think that's that's fine. Um, that to me that's in lieu of all the other games when we did play well this season but didn't get either came away with only a point or, or mm. nothing at all. So that, that's fine. But on Jermaine Defoe, um, we had a question from I can't find the question, but Isn't somebody. Uh, yep. Uh, no. Uh, I'm done. Right, so Dawn Fletcher asks, um, I've got a paper in front of me, but can't find the question. Dawn Fletcher asks, um, since it, um, would you have Defoe back and why uh, what's it, Why or why not? What, what, if, if, if you, whether, whether you would or you wouldn't. So would you take him back? I mean, bearing in mind that we've, Harry Kane is the only sort of recognised striker, remains to be seen if Son or Niji... Clinton can can play if, for instance, Harry was injured. Would you take Jermaine Defoe back? It's a bit academic now, isn't it? Transfer windows closed, but um, I got to say, it's not the future, though, is it? I mean, no. the, the, the 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 purpose of him really would be, apart from filling in a bit, would be hopefully to teach um, people like uh, on on a, a, the the sort of young people coming through. Um, Pick tips up from him, his positional play, um, obviously the offside rule and various things like that. Um, and they would learn from, you know, someone who is very much a master of, um, you know, being in and around the box. But uh, I would point out, actually, he was onside five times against Wigan. Yeah, but Darren Lennon was on form in that game and... <laughs> and... And it was Wigan as well. And uh, I can't think. I mean, who scored more goals than him recently? Okay, so let let me. It is academic. It has come and gone. But let me, let me rephrase the question this way. So you're Daniel Levy, and you're trying to get Berahino, and maybe you're, there's some other targets you've identified that you know have that 
you know, who, who are either in their peak or, or, or players with potential with lots of years ahead of them, you know, are, are long-term um, options. Um, but you can't, for whatever reason, um, you can't get... You've tried to negotiate um, with, 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 with clubs involved and you, and you can't get your Berahinos and whoever else it is. And suddenly it's, I don't know, 10.30 on a Monday night or whenever it is that the transfer window closes and... Um, some dodgy agent somewhere or somebody says, you know, I've got Jermaine Defoe and he, he wants to move away from Sunderland. And effectively they do a, I don't know, a Van der Vaart on us or a, or a um, Sahara. It's one of those last minute things. Players available um, and all your primary targets, you, you can't get hold of them. That it's It looks like you're going to get nothing. And it's just a short term solution to see us through to January. Would you take him? Uh, I would. I think I, I would. I would. I would rather no one. I think we should have got someone. I think it's um, unless we've got great faith in these very promising youth players that we've got. There's a couple of very good youth strikers, but you're relying on then uh, a forward line of one player who's had one season in the prem, backed up by one or two players who have no experience in the prem. It's. It's. Uh, I think I. I mentioned this is a high risk strategy. Well, Nathan, one of those young players was Nathan Adua, who um, yeah. was loaned out to Rangers. Um, and yet yeah, you might make the argument of perhaps you shouldn't have loaned that person out. But as I understand it, Pochettino wanted him to get some first some ex, um, experience in first-team football. So that that was always going to happen, and hopefully that will pay off, pay dividends in, 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 in the long run. But Aaron, I mean, un, under those I, circumstances, if nobody else was available and you needed some cover... Yeah, I don't. I don't see it personally. I think uh, the role that he would be playing on the team. Look, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to take a young, younger player under his wing and teach him the ropes, right? He's he was around the, the club for a while and didn't seem to have that reputation while while he was with the club. And even yesterday, he was playing alongside a big man. Um, and I, so I don't know. I mean, would he when when he played alone up front for us? We didn't. We didn't look particularly dangerous. We didn't look more dangerous than I think we would look if we played in, with, you know, Chadley up, up front right now. Um, they're both kind of similar players, despite their size difference. They both kind of wait around and are a little bit passive and wait for something to happen. And I, I don't. I think we need. We need somebody. We needed somebody this past window. We still need somebody now. Uh, would he be a person to fill that slot? Sure. Is he the right person for that slot? I don't think so. I mean, would would another name? You know, you were talking about another name and someone possibly similar in a way to to Harry, um, and and currently sitting in the reserves is what about Crouchy? Would he be happy to sit there? Would he be a um, one that you can have there at, um, to bring in. When I'm just saying, you know, I, I was at that Stoke game, and when 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 um, Harry went off, we had no one. We played yeah. virtually six in midfield, and we uh, whether it was a false nine, I don't know, but we punted long balls up to a, a striker that wasn't there. Um, I like Peter Crouch. Um, I don't think we should have ever sold him, to be honest. Mm. Um, 
I, I don't know what's do we, going. Do we know what he's like now, though, or are we just trading on his memories, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know why he's not in the Stoke team. Um, obviously, Mark, you see something there in training, and maybe he just doesn't have the legs anymore. But then, did he ever have the legs? To be honest, um, he wasn't. He wasn't player blessed with pace, but he was a nuisance up front. Um, and he's got a lot of skill on the ground as well. Um, yeah, he, he, had good, he had good touch. Holds sure. the record for the most amount of headed goals, apparently. Mm. Is, is that right? It is. If if you think that football only was invented in 1992, it's true. <laughs> um, he's. I've met Peter Crouch, and he's. I mean, he obviously he's tall, but he is very tall. I couldn't believe how tall he was when I met him. Um, mm. Anyway, you're um, very short, aren't you? For those of you who haven't, people who haven't met you, you know, um, Javid's only about, I should explain, only about four foot two. And um, although he looks quite big, he's a <laughs> tiny little one when you meet him in real life. <laughs> oh, Javid, I didn't know that about you. <laughs> it, it starts in F and it ends with an off. Um, right. Um, so, a few questions. So, the other thing was we, we, we mentioned Lamella, and um, we've got a few questions um, on Lamella, which I'm. I just want to get straight into these um, now rather than later. Um, so, um, Chris Cole asks, is Lamella the only one that can open up a team with a telling pass? Greg Taylor, um, who's a big fan, he's appeared on the podcast a few times, Greg from Brazil, he's a big fan of um, Lamella, as his Aaron. Um, Lamella, uh, Greg says, has Lamella gained a temporary reprieve from the haters today, or will they s- still hate him no matter what? Um, he then went on to add when will fans stop beating players with their price tags if Son has a few indifferent games will they beat him with 22 million sticks Um, Mark Stoll says is one assist or goal in every 12 games enough for Lamella to be a regular starter so multi Mark's got different opinions so let me begin with Aaron (laughs) you you, you wrote an article on Lamella um, Uh the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast um, webpage for the the blog last last year Um, I think it was the Newcastle game in fact Uh Um, possibly where um, I think you sang his praises and I I know you're a fan of Lamella so you know he came on yesterday um, he played a good uh, ball in he he was involved in in the goal um so he he did well, but I would put it to you that he did pretty poor against Stoke when he came on as a substitute, and yep. in the next game against Leicester when he started that game, um, he played for an hour. He was pretty poor in that match as as well. Yep. And whilst yep. he whilst he's shown to me, and I'm not I, I I'm not one of the sort of camps of people that are sort of Lamella haters or whatever, and and certainly there were signs um, towards the end of last season which were quite encouraging. Um, I've got to say that after watching him on those two, after those two matches, both um, Stoke and Leicester, I'm starting to lose patience. Uh, patience is running out with him, and I'm losing faith. And I think, irrespective of what he did yesterday, to me, you've got to do it consistently over a season. And I don't know that he's got it. Is that a bit harsh, or are you going to tell me otherwise? No, I don't think that's harsh. He's been really, really, really disappointing this 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 season, but I don't think I think he's better than people thought he was last season. And I think um, what he did 
yesterday was exactly what um, he can do for us, which is to come in off, come off the bench and provide something different. And um, I think, look, I think there's a couple of reasons why the previous two outings were underwhelming, and some of which I have no idea, right? There's who players are have good games, they have bad games. I'm not going to defend his his previous performances. They were they were bad, right? But the other thing is that when he's in the side with Dembele, they both do certain. They do, but they both do very similar things. They both look to um, move in on their left. They both kind of control the ball. They both slow the the play down. They're not providing a different option. Um, and when and right now Dembele is doing that better than um, than Lamella is doing it. And and Lamella didn't have like really too much space to do anything interesting and was making really bad choices as a result. And I'm not going to defend that. Um, I think I think last season he was he showed signs of being really good. Um, I think what Greg and I kind of talk about a lot is that he's seeing passes that others aren't seeing, and we get um, criticized for for that a lot because you're supposed to pass to the player and not to where the player should be. But look, he's as evidenced by yesterday. He's capable of doing really really special things. Does he have to do them consistently? Absolutely, right? Of course he does. Um, he put wide a header that he probably should have put in, but he also made got the movement. He was moving within the box to get free um, of his defender and present for that header. Um, and other players haven't been doing that sort of thing. So I think there's signs that there maybe he's coming around. Um, I... I would be sad to see him go still, but um, I understand why people are fed up and uh, are losing their patience. How, how long do you think he's got in his first shirt? Um, how much? How long do I th- hope that he has? I th- hope that he has the end of the season. How much? How long do I think he's got until January? Okay. Zach, what's your? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a couple of things I, I, I sort of thought about. Um, firstly, um, this whoever had the quote of one one thing in twelve games. I, I had a graphic that I kept putting up when I was having arguments with people about this last. In the end, I just put this graphic up and put William Williams goal and goals and assists. Yeah, yeah. Who was supposed to have been a success last year um, versus Lamella, and Lamella was m- way more successful than him last year. He didn't have a brilliant season, but compared to um, someone like William who is let's face it playing in a in a successful team rather than a team that's struggling a little bit where it's going to be much easier to look good um, not as effective and um, I, I, it struck me I, I, it reminded me of something that I heard Mickey Hazard interviewed and Mickey Hazard ran on about creativity and say, you know, the, the definition of creativity is you can't produce it at will. It's a spark. It's an inspiration. And and I remember, you know, going back to when I used to watch Hoddle all the time. Hoddle was quite often, you know, I, I remember him fondly, but quite often the crowd will get on his back and, you know, shout out, you're a waste of space. And he was having a particularly poor game and being kicked to pieces. And it doesn't, if you're a creative player, it doesn't always happen. These, those moments of genius don't happen all the time. And I think, as Aaron said, rightly said, um, he is capable of those moments of genius, mm-hmm. but you're also going to get a lot of failed passes, a lot of other things. And the trouble is, is we haven't got a particularly strong or experienced team around him to help him build that, build that confidence and let him express himself. No, that, so, that, 
That's quite a, good... a difficult job for him. Um, and um, I don't know. I, I think um, the, the, the rest of the team also need to be helping him. Um, and I think we have got a player there. I think, um, you know, I, I get fed up with people just attacking him. Um, but maybe his use this season, or certainly in the early part of the season, should be more from the bench because he doesn't look physically strong enough to last 90 minutes in the Premiership. Okay, so I, I think a couple of things. I think you're absolutely right. I think we've got a very young team. I think the, 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 yesterday um, the average age was 24 of our team. Um, so we don't have tons of experience. I think Larice was the oldest um, starter at 28, um, which is ancient. Um, you're, you're a bit older. <laughs> I'd start singing a Paul Hardcastle song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, that. that it's true, there isn't a lot of experience around him. Um, he is a talented footballer, certainly, but he needs to start showing it. To be honest, I think that if I was, you know, if you're, if you're Eric Lamella, you, you're going to get, and you're only gonna, only going to get so many chances because there are lots of other players your son, your Nishis, your Townsends, and your Chadleys, and Ericsson when he comes back, and Pritchard, and all of those players, Dali Ali, all of those players vying for that. One of those number three, uh, one of those position three positions in behind Harry Kane. Um, so he's only going to get so many opportunities. There will be opportunities because you know we're involved in the Europa and there's going to be lots of, and, and the Capital One Cup. So there will there will be opportunities, but only so many, and he needs to take them. And that's the thing that concerns me that I don't think he he's really states a claim. Um, and I think that you're right, Zach, that there are players that skillful players that go through large parts of the game and they don't do anything you, that could be labelled at Ericsson certainly but the difference is and Ericsson will get a you know a, a late minute last minute um, goal or he'll have a free kick which will, will curl into the back of the net Lamella doesn't do enough of that for me for a player of his talent what's the difference I don't know what the difference in ages but the difference in experience is vast isn't it I mean, Ericsson is a seasoned international. Um, he was established in the Ajax side. Um, yeah. He was, you know, really leading that Ajax side. Whereas, you know, Lamella had, um, what did he have? One season, breakthrough season in in, um, in the Italian league, and um, and that was yeah. it. I mean, we we undoubtedly played too much money for him, and we. Um, Which um, isn't his fault, by the way. No, you know, it's, that's not, it's not his fault at all. We, you know, we 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 went. At that time, we made a lot of bad buys in that um, purchase. It was a bit like, you know, um, I don't know, giving an 18-year-old a credit card for the first time and going, there's the shops, off you go. But um, we went a bit crazy. Um, there was didn't seem to be any sort of um, thought as to how these players would fit in the team or how they were um, going to gel. Um, you know, and each time, each time really when we've lost a major player, we failed to replace him with with like or better, um, and obviously that was you know what we were looking for there was a a, a pacey, skillful winger. You're not going to get someone, or certainly not the finished article as good as Bale. Yeah. But um, I think we were looking really to to get um, a rough diamond and and hoping that we could suddenly polish that and it would be shine as brightly. But um, and if you're always looking to do that. The success rate is not going to be that high on that, is it? You're not going to. 
Otherwise, you know, if you could just pick up any stone in anywhere and turn it into a diamond, everybody would be doing it. Mm. It's it's really it's really interesting to me, uh, Greg's the second Greg second part of Greg's question. It's and something that you were saying earlier, Jeff, that that about why we have certain players that we kind of will to succeed, and so many players that we're just dying to fail, basically, and we it's really uh, a no win situation for the club. All through the transfer window, we want them to spend a ton of money on a marquee signing. We want them to 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 not be frugal. We want them to to splash out and get something that we're excited by. They do with a player like Lamella. He doesn't do for us what we expect him to do, which isn't necessarily his fault. It's not necessarily. It's certainly not his fault how much we paid, and he had a tough landing, um, and. But then, as Zach said, the statistics show that he's playing much better than he's getting credit for. Mm. And we're, we give absolutely no leeway to him. And, and it's, it is interesting why there are certain players that we absolutely um, don't have any patience for. And there are others that, that we do. I mean, there's a question on, on here about Vertonghen as well, who has become, um, for some reason, a target from our supporters. Yeah, um, I'll come to that some question a bit later. But um, the 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 price tag thing is funny because the player can't do anything about that. That's that's been determined. I mean, if Lamelo, just for sake of argument, if if his contract, if it had been the final year of his contract at Roma or, or whatever, or, or it had been January, he would have been available as a free agent. Okay, same player. Um, you know, so. But suddenly the dynamics of it would have changed completely, because he wouldn't have had that price tag. So you know, that, that's the first thing. Um, fans get too carried away. There's sort of an expectation just because a player's got a certain price tag, which you know he, it's a bit like English strikers. For instance, they're overpriced, um, which is which is ridiculous. Um, the other thing is, it's interesting about certain players. So like Deli Ali. I'm, I'm astonished that our fans suddenly think he's. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I think he's. I think he's a good player. I think he's. He hasn't done anything wrong so far. He, you know, um, seemed to do okay in pre-season. Scores against Leicester. Um, looks very direct. You know, so he's had a few nice touches yesterday. But it's almost like he's. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, and people are just getting carried away with him. I think our fans. I think, uh, and suddenly there's a, sometimes there's a ten- tendency for a certain player to be, um, you know, let's get Deli Alley and let's get whoever it was uh, last season. I remember there was a time when fans, there was one particular match when Aaron Lennon was on the bench, and they were shouting for his name, um, and it was like, this player is going to be the answer to all our problems, and then you get the flip side of that where there's a player like Lamella where for whatever reason people are maybe understandably so frustrated with him but get on his back straight away. I, for me, the, the overriding point with, with Lamella is given the price tag, which you can't do anything about but it's there, given the fact that there are some fans on his back rightly or wrongly he needs to stake a claim. So if he's, if he's going to if he's given a chance, he needs to be a little bit more assertive and just f- fight for his place. You know, fight, fight, fight as if you know he was 
negotiating a contract or a pay rise or whatever it was. He just needs to put that li- li- little bit more. Sorry, I'm hearing you say fight, and I'm hearing and uh, I'm, I'm I'm listening to you say fight, and I'm hearing Nikki in my ear saying fart, fart, fart. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of her favourite phrases, isn't it, about people fighting? But um, I love her pronunciation as well. But um, what I was going to say um, about that was um, the ch- um, slightly on 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 something you were just saying there was about people's opinions of players, and it seems you can't be middle of the road with people. I, I think I heard a couple of people say this. This week, actually, on various podcasts, it's just, it's almost in in a in a web generation where everyone, particularly things like Twitter, where you've just got 140 characters to shout out your opinion, mm. and God mm-hmm. knows people do. You know, everyone has an opinion now, um, and if you've got an opinion that's rational and reasonable, no one's going to listen to that. That's not going to attract any attention. So people have to have this. You either have to hate a player or you love him. You know, you're accused of, if you look on some positive sides and say, yeah, okay, we, you know, the first four games weren't so good, but there was, we played quite well or whatever, you're accused of being a happy clappy. You have to say, no, it's shit, this is rubbish, this is crap, leave it out, potch out, tits out, whatever, you know, just have some <laughs> extreme reaction to it. And then when we win a couple of games, it's going to be, yeah, we're going to be in a Champions League, we're going to win the league, we're going to be, we're great, you know. Um, so someone like Deli Ali, people almost have to have, you've either, you know, people have to say he's the best thing since sliced bread and we, we pin all our hopes on this player, you know, that he's a messiah and not a naughty boy. Um, and... You know, and and that's kind of a symptom of, of how fans are now interacting on the web, where you know one one player can have two or three games, um, poor games when they're playing well. I mean, say if Kane's run continues, how long is it before the fans get on Kane's back? He's one of our own, but he won't be one of our own if he doesn't score. Certain people will be on his back about that, um, and so. Um, they're perilously close to already being on his back. I think mm. it's beyond. It's beyond bloody ridiculous. You know, you just don't. I've, you know, sometimes the ground. I hear these people. You know, I think I was near someone at Stoke who was just ranting at Lamella, and I was trying to point out to them that he was on. He was the only player on the right hand side of the pitch, and he had four Stoke players around him. And do you know what? He didn't beat all four. He beat one. Um, I think he beat. He went past the second one. And then run into the third one, sort of thing. And someone's going, God, Amela, you're bloody rubbish, you are, you're bloody waste of bloody space or whatever. And I was thinking, well, as a football player, you know, from playing myself, I'm thinking, if I'm in that situation, I'm asking my teammates, where the bloody hell are you? You know, who's who, who's coming to help me out here? I'm against four of them. That means, you know, some people are sitting around on the other side of the pitch, scratching their asses and not doing anything. So, um, and I saw, I was really watching from where I was on, on on that Stoke game that he was because he was getting a dog's abuse, and he, he you know and obviously you know he did make mistakes whatever but he was trying to do things but there was no one really coming to him and I was going to say earlier I was wondering when with sometimes with his vision whether he plays better with Ericsson because they both have good vision and whether other players who are are, are good but more industrial don't have that vision and aren't on the same wavelength necessarily. thing is, yeah, football fans are notoriously fickle. Um, so all it takes is one or two good performances from you know someone like Lamella um, against, for example, Carabag and, and Crystal Palace for, for, for all that to, 
to um, change. Mm. Um, which is you what say I... that you say that, but I can already see the posts and the tweets about how he can do it against the pub side, but can he do it against the the real players? I mean, the... well, we, we've we've got an opportunity. We've got we have got Carabag next, but we've got yeah. Palace, Palace, and then Arsenal and City. Um, which you know, if as I keep saying, if he if he can if he's given a chance in those games, and if he's assertive and he takes that chance. Then that will help, you know, um, get people off his back. Um, we're going to do some more questions in, in 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 the second half of the podcast, and we'll we'll, um, we'll also um, be looking at or Bex will be looking at the Spurs ladies. Um, but first, I mentioned the um, Carabag and Crystal Palace game. So here's Elliot Line with this week's forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Line, looking forward to the Europa League game against Carabag FK on September the 17th and also the Premier League game against Crystal Palace on September 20th. Uh, Carabag are an Azerbaijani club based in the capital Baku. They've won their domestic league the last two seasons. However, they are seen as very much a medium-sized fish in a small pond and uh, we should feel able to arrest some players and still feel confident of winning. I rate the likelihood of a scoring as a huge 86% and of us scoring more than once as 52% and of us keeping a clean sheet as a massive 71%. The most likely score lines are a 2-0 win, a 1-0 win, a 3-0 win and a 1-1 draw. Overall I have 73% for a Spurs win, 19% for a draw and 8% for a Carabag win. Now on to the Palace game. Last season, we drew this fixture 0-0 and lost the return fixture the following month. Palace have started this season well, however, I still see as the favourites to win at the lane. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as a nice 72%, of us scoring more than once at 32%, of us keeping a clean sheet as a respectable 53%. The most likely score lines are a 1-0 win, a 1-1 draw, a 2-0 win, and a nil-nil draw. Overall, I have 51% for a third win, 29% for a draw, and 20% for a Palace win. This has been the forward line with Elliot Line. Come on, you spares. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Elliot, for um, forward line. And just looking at those games, um, some quick predictions. Um, Carabag on Thursday. Three one. Um, I, I I barely know where it is. Um, five nil. <laughs> um, four nil. Okay, and then Palace on Sunday. Oh, tough I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one all. And mm, they're a very uh, good side. Yeah, they are. They're they're they. It's not a not a um, it's not a gimme at all. I'm gonna say two nil. Despite that, can I say actually? Well, you know, one one thing about Palace is and, and relating to the transfer window. Mm. Um, I mean, one of our biggest failings in the transfer window, as I said, in the, the transfer windows, is um, when we've lost big players, not replacing them, not replacing Carrick, Berbatov, Modric. Um, Bale um, and Kabai looked to me we've never replaced Modric but Kabai looked every inch the sort of conductor that we're missing um, since since Modric's left 
Well, I don't know why. Yeah. I, the question is why, you know, why were you not interested in him and how are, no disrespect to the lovely team from Croydon, but how are they getting a player? Padre connection, perhaps, mm. from Newcastle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the personal working relationship, yeah. But we should still be in there with a shout, surely. Yeah. Um, the head maybe, of the maybe he's not a potch player. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I predict that we're going to... I'll go with Tunnel as well. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. Another clean sheet. Um, Okay, before we do some more questions, just a few announcements. Um, So since the last podcast, um, we've had a couple of articles which have been published on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast um, website, blog. Um, So uh, there was an article published last week by um, a tour... Tomar, who looks at the importance of um, partnerships, um, you know, for example, um, uh, Toby and 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 Jan, or um, or for that matter, you know, the, the prospects still could happen in January of for Berahino rekindling his partnership with Kane. Obviously, that they played together at, 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 for, for the under twenty ones. Um, so. Um, that, was, that was an interesting read. Um, get, um, have a look. Have a look at that article. And also Charles today we had a... Hinge and Bracket and people like that. Sorry? For the kids. Charles and Die Hinge and Bracket. One for the That's... kids there. Partnerships. Oh, hmm. I see Sorry. what you mean. Very bad. Um, <laughs> and we had another article today from um, Sam Moore, um, where he talks about personal article about what it means. To, um, to him to be a Spurs fan um, and and how it's an addiction and yeah that that's an interesting read and um, I know Aaron you've written a few articles for us in the past and and Zach you talked about writing one um, <laughs> uh, but if anybody's interested in um, well firstly have a look at at the website and if anybody's interested in contributing and writing articles and it, it can be about anything it can be you know your view of a particular game or your perspective as a fan and you know everybody's got a different perspective um we all see um life through our own prism and, and everybody um has a story to, to tell or it, or it might be that you feel passionate about a particular issue it might be that i don't know you want um you're, you're not happy about catering at white art lane or you're not happy about mr levy or whatever it may be um and you might have a passion for writing um and if you do then um just um drop us a line or um you can tweet us um Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast and you can contact us through the website or um, drop me a message um you know I have a challenge actually uh for somebody out there in the listening audience People say that you can make the numbers and statistics mean anything. I wrote an article about why Lamella is underrated. So someone using statistical analysis, write the response. Um, I want to read the, res- the statistical response to why he's no good. Yeah, that, that's, and that, that, that's exactly the sort of thing that, that I, but we, we want to put on the website. It's, we're not promoting a particular view um, or a... We don't have a particular agenda other than Tottenham. So, as much as I'd like to see articles from 
for example yourself praising Lamella if somebody else can who's maybe not a fan of Lamella and can make a coherent case or argument against him then so be it you know it, it, it makes for an interesting read so mm-hmm. um, please do that um, the other thing is uh, before we do questions um, Bex who appeared on the podcast last week and and, and quite a few times um she's been following the spurs ladies and um she's recorded a little piece um for us on on um how they how they did in the last week so here is bex with her bit on the spurs ladies hello i'm bex here's a quick update on the spurs ladies the girls traveled down to lewis to play a cup match on sunday the 30th of august and beat them 5-1 which is a nice refreshing thing Maybe the boys can learn from that. And the following week, 6th of September, we went back down to Lewis and beat them 2-0 in a cup win. So three points on a clean sheet. Perfect end to the week. They play Sunday the 13th of September at 2 o'clock. They get at Chessant, which is their home ground. They play Forest Green as a league game. Followed up with the following midweek, they play Charlton at 7.45, again at Chessant. Just in case they got bored actually playing football on a real pitch, they've been helping out with the cast of Bend It Like Beckham, the current West End show. So they've been a busy bunch of girls, hoping to see them get another good win on Sunday. And um, that's all. Any problems, questions or queries, I'm on the Facebook page or my Twitter handle is at BunchesBex. Thanks. Thanks, Bex, for looking at that. Um, I hope people enjoyed that. Um, we're- we did say that we were going to try to make it a regular feature and hopefully um, the Spurs ladies and um, anybody who's interested in in, in our ladies will um, appreciate that. And um, it may, may be that you don't have a, or haven't up until now have, had any interest in Spurs ladies, but hopefully that listening to that will rekindle cool, um, an interest. Um, right. I say, uh, sorry, I forgot to say thanks to Elliot and also... Um, Thanks to uh, Bex for her piece, and uh, I'm sure Granny Braddock will be proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know the reference to that, then you'll have to listen to one of our earlier podcasts where um, uh, Bex talks about her... Famous. Famous or infamous. Very worth listen. Right, okay, let's do a few more questions um, just to finish off. So, blah, 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 blah. Um, actually, I should have probably asked, asked you both at the outset, but um, a question that Andrew Pelling um, uh, posted, and I always like to, to ask um, people I've not asked before, but how did both of you get bitten by the Tottenham bug? So I'm going to ask Zach first. Okay, it's probably a, a little bit long-winded. I have absolutely... It's interesting when I've heard other people talk about this and say, you know, oh, my grandfather, and so I have absolutely no connection like that at all. Um, my dad no interest in football in fact he always um, is South African and he always talk about rugby and uh, you still after you still following that stupid game why don't you you know know, why aren't you more into rugby men and um, so um, I ended up going to um, football matches um, with a guy from uh, a kid from junior school um, whose dad and I grew up in Croydon um, used to go and watch Palace and they used to take us up there and I kind of got into Palace as a kid and then disaster happened, they sold everybody um, all my heroes, all the players that I liked to go and watch and um, I wouldn't say I was a big Palace fan but as a kid, you know, you go and watch those players and then um, most of them seemed to be sold to this horrible team 
um, that played in red called Arsenal. So I really didn't like them. Um, and then I thought, that was it. I hated the club and I wasn't going to have anything to do with them anymore. Uh, and then I kind of, it was a sort of time when Ardiles and Villa were being signed and, um, or had just been signed. And, and there was this magical player, obviously, called Hoddle. Um, who just seemed to be, just seemed to glide above these muddy pitches and do things that nobody else could do. Um, and I started going in the early 80s. Um, and then by the mid 80s, I was a sort of home and away, um, going all over the place. Um, you didn't have to get a season ticket in those days. You could just pitch up, you know, 10, 15 minutes before the game um, and just go through the turnstiles. Um, and, and that kind of went until um, until the early 90s, really. I combination of going to university um, as an almost mature student and and the whole thing that was happening with the club. Um, and I became very disillusioned as it became about, it seemed to be, well, it was a PLC. Um, and really, it's um, although I always used to go to a few games, a couple of games a season, mainly away, um, I really, thanks to a combination of... Um, you guys really and, and and the South Dorset Spurs guys that watch the um, watch all the games um, I, I sort of rediscovered a passion for Tottenham um, although it's kind of never gone away it's kind of I felt very disconnected from the club for a while so yeah that's a longer answer than expecting <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's interesting Aaron what's your I think I've, I think I may have answered this question before, but I'm happy to answer again. Um, I, my, my old apartment in Brooklyn was down the, down the block from the um, one-time Spurs official supporters pub. Um, official Spurs supporters pub. It was called Floyd. Um, and I had a friend. Um, I, I, I didn't grow up following football. I didn't, I didn't care about the game at all. And I had a friend that came... He lived in Israel for a year, and he came back, um, and he said, hey, we're going to get into football this year. And I said, okay, sounds good. I needed something to do. And um, he he was a, a Barca fan, and he tried to get me in, in, into Barca, and, and it, it was I found it boring. Um, it was sort of like this predetermined outcome every game. Uh, you knew they were going to win, and you knew they were going to that Messi was going to be great. And uh, I just, it was, it didn't do it for me. I'm a kind of person that needs angst in my life. And um, this other friend said, Hey, uh, come, come check, come check out Tottenham. And so we, we went down to the bar and um, there was like 200 people singing, screaming, jumping up and down. And I thought, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And, um, and then it was solidified. That was the Champions League season, and it, and then um, I started going like almost every weekend, but kind of watching out of the corner of my eye, not yet sort of obsessive about it. And then it was um, Spurs Arsenal, um, the game that they beat us five two. Uh, Adebayor and Saha were on the team, and. Um, we went up two nil, and then they came back and beat us five two. And 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 it, that was the game that solidified it for me. That um, kind of watching us go ahead, and all of that excitement, and 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 then slowly the excitement eroding, goal by goal. It was level at the half, and right next to the Spurs bar was an Arsenal pub, and there was one dude in an Arsenal jersey 
stepped outside and there was like 150 of us and I just knew I was on the right side. It didn't matter if we won or lost. I, I was on the right side. It was supporting the right club. And we went in, and then, and then of course, we lost. And um, as the last seconds counted down, a guy threw his arm around me and started singing Tottenham Till I Die. And I, 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 it was just the passion, the excitement, the, the pain, the depth of the pain. It felt so real and so much something that I knew what was always going to be in my life. And, uh, yeah, that was it. That, I never, ever, 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 ever looked back. Mm. It's almost as if, and I know that, um, you know, you become, people become a, a follow f- football team at different points in their, in their life. It's not always the case that you necessarily get into football as a kid. Some people do much later in their life. But the point at which you do, thereafter, it feels as though, it was always meant to be and that you always were a Spurs fan. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I Honestly, I cannot imagine what I was doing before this. Mm. Um, and, and I can't imagine, I'm actually, you know, I have a two-year-old son and he sat and watched the game on my lap um, yesterday. And I just, I'm like, I'm so excited. I can't, I can't wait now to share this with him and and to teach him all of the things that, that um that I've learned it's uh, it's a disease that I'm we're so <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. Um, uh, Do you have yeah, social services, fine. Aaron, in in, in uh, Boston? Because uh, <laughs> I think um, I might call them because there's no need to subject a kid to a lifetime of misery of supporting Spurs. Really, <laughs> no, listen, it depends on your philosophical outlook. This is prepping him for a lifetime of disappointment, right? This is this is the kindest service I can do for him. Life is hard. You have to suffer a lot of and and have patience, and and then good things will come. That's that's, that's to me is life. That's Spurs. Yeah. Supporting Tottenham is like um, him um, being asked, uh, you know, um, but being asked out by the prom queen and going to turn up at her house, you know, um, and finding out that she left five minutes before with the, you know, uh, I don't know, head of the quarterback of the of the football team. Yeah, um, that's right. And you know you what? Know, it's um, the head of the, it's like, it, 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 the Tottenham. I, I think I've, I've got to get convinced that they only raise us up. You know, I've become cynical over the years, and every time it's a you know a second coming revival, I think they only raise us up from a higher to a higher height, so that the you know so they can drop us out unexpectedly, unsuspectingly again, and um, <laughs> and you know what the, even more. The, because I feel it every time. The head of the football team grows up to be an asshole, and the guy that gets left by the girl grows up to be a poet and artist a thinker you know like i don't know i i can you imagine that's because you're romantic and a writer yeah but can you imagine supporting you man united you know like it just suck it'd be so boring it would be just miserable even when you win it's miserable i don't know but i have heard that story before actually aaron i gotta say i've heard you tell that story before but it's like a fine wine i like I, I, you know i do love people telling stories over and over again and i do myself tell the same stories over and over again but you know i think good stories are like a fine wine you know and you can get, get better with the age and time 
by by the way, that friend that took me there took me aside a few a few years ago, and he said, uh, I'm, "I'm not I'm not telling you anything else." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm not sharing anything that I'm into anymore because every time I share something that I'm into, you end up getting obsessed about it, and then you know more than me about it, and then I not then it's not fun for me anymore. <laughs> so I'm not doing this with you. It's all right. It's fine." There you go. Okay, let, let's. Um, I don't think we're going to get through all of the questions, but we'll try to get through as many of them as possible as quickly as possible. So, um, at 80 underscore Spurs, um, that's um, that, as all Tomar, who I mentioned earlier, um, asked, Do you think this is a make or break season at Spurs for the Tongan? Uh, me? Um, yeah. I think. Um... I think uh, I, I don't know. I think it's stupid, a stupid statement if someone thinks that. But um, I think if 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 the Tongan does make it, um, if he does, if he you know if he does realise his full potential, then he's gone. You know, he's the next one out the door on the Real Madrid or whatever conveyor belt. Um, but uh, I think we only keep him if um, <laughs> if, if if he's not um, you know firing on all cylinders and and becomes this. Um, brilliant player that he's promised to be so often but he's decent he's played well um i think he's had some he's made some great tackles this season um and he's got his mate playing beside him so i think yeah. so and i think that will be a a, a a wonderful partnership but sorry slight aside it brings me on to um something i was thinking about which is the, t the sort of the era that you join spurs as a supporter and what you accept as um the, as the reality of being supporting spurs so um i obviously was an 80s supporter um where we went and bought you know two world cup winners um just months after they'd won the world cup um and we used to regularly go and buy you know Paul Gascoigne's had playing great at Newcastle, so we went and bought him, and we could, you know, we would go and buy these players, and and, and not many people would would buy players that we wanted to keep off us, um, and I think that was probably true. If you're a 60s supporter, you know, you've grown up seeing all that uh, wonderful football, the best we ever were, um, but it strikes me, I don't know, if you're a naughty supporter, then, you know, or 90s, you know, if you've grown up watching the Bilge that was in a, in the mid yeah. late 90s, then you kind of almost accept this. Um, yeah, do you accept this post Sky thing that we are a, a, a sort of club that um, when we don't have the right to keep any players like um, Bale and Modric and all the players that we keep selling, and every time we get someone, develop someone that's decent. I think that, that I think that as we accept our status. Do we accept that we're a second tier? Because for me. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm wildly optimistic or whatever, and, and I, I grew up in the era where every start of every season, the fan, us as Spurs fans, and most fans of a lot of other teams like Villa and Everton, thought we were going to win the league. Okay, well, if if in those years gone by, um, your players like Ardiles and Villa and Gascoigne and Waddle and Lineker were, you know, at the peak of their powers, I mean, albeit Gascoigne had. We're still fairly young, but we might not be in for those sort of players now. That's fair to say. Um, but I, you know, I think that the type of players that we tend to get, with the exception of okay, Van der Vaart was maybe a little bit of an exception. And I know we got Klinsmann and Ginola, but they were at the tail end of their careers or in their early thirties at that point. Um, generally, we tend to go for the Gareth Bale's, the um, the my brain's gone dead, but um, the the Ericsons and um, 
the unpromising, the, you know, which the, is the, the, the same category. Promising, and 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 the moderate and whatever, who then, in some cases, not in all, go on to become good players, really good players, and and sometimes even outweighing the potential or our own expectations. Um, in terms of keeping them, I think the challenge has always been the same. Ultimately, um, players want to play at the, the highest level and they want to win trophies. I think that's always been the case. Um, whereas, I suppose, in years gone by, if you finish fourth or third, second even, it wouldn't. You wouldn't be in the in the top tier. You wouldn't be in the in the main European competition. Now you've got the Champions League, so. Um, that's and all the money that that brings and it's and it's a prestige competition um tottenham need to be competing in the champions league on a regular basis um if you want to keep hold of those players um you can go maybe one season two season seasons and not be part of part of that but ultimately um there'll come a time where players will run out patience and your modriches and your dare i say it further down the line your larissas will look to play somewhere else so ultimately I think that, that it, in order to keep those players we need to be um, playing at the highest level I think that that's the biggest difference between then and now I but find even, that hard even... to accept but do you think there's also a redundant argument there in the fact that you know the, the, the money that's coming into Sky from Sky this year and the, the big bumper thing coming in next year which is the reason that um, Everton could fend off Chelsea and that um West Brom didn't have to sell was this huge pot of money that dwarfs the Champions League money, really. Um, do you think that's um, sort of now redundant, the fact that you look at a bunch of middling clubs that have been able to spend big and attract big players? Yeah. I think it will help in the short term, but you know, if you're, let's say, you're Berahino, um, that extra revenue might help West Brom and Pulis in the f- to make some progress, and of, of course, if he can keep keep his assets, and then that will help as well. But ultimately, Berahino wants to be playing at the highest level, and he wants to be winning trophies. Something that Rio Ferdinand said this said this week, and he, and he said that you know when he joined United, there were other clubs that were after him in two thousand and two, after the two thousand two World Cup, and when he was playing for Leeds and um, but it wasn't for him joining United wasn't about the money it was about playing for Sir Alex Ferguson and playing for a team that were going to be winning trophies for the next few years mm. and I'd like to think that most professional footballers um, call me a yeah, old um, romantic but um, if you must but I, I'd like to think that professional footballers are in it to win trophies and and, and not just after um, money but there are very few clubs that aren't selling clubs, right? I mean, there, are sure, West Brom didn't have to sell this time, and Everton didn't sell, and United held on to De Gea, but we held on to Bale and Modric as well, and eventually we had to sell. And it, yeah. it I, I, I think there's like probably half dozen clubs in all of Europe that don't have to, that don't have to sell, and you could, we could all probably name them. Just sort of the reality of the game now. Mm. Okay. I was thinking even United had to sell Ronaldo, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even yeah. United. Yeah. 
Okay, um, Carol Hayward asks, um, Rose was on the bench again today, um, one of our best and most improved players last season. Is he still a bit injured? Although he did play 90 minutes in our last game, um, she thinks. Um, why is Potch leaving him out? I personally do not think Davis is good enough. What do you think? I So he he, he had a knock, right? That's, yeah. Um, but I my, my take on this, I agree. I think Rose is really 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 um better than davis and i think that his um it was it was kind of puzzling that what i could make of it and obviously we're just guessing um is that uh perhaps because sun and chadley were going to be interchanging on on the left side and because van anholt was has been sort of erratic in his defense it was going to be walker was going to be constantly trying to take advantage of van anholt Ben Anholt, or however you say it, um, and therefore Walker was always going to be on the attack, and maybe Pochettino wanted somebody a little bit more defensive-minded, like Davis, to be um, playing on the left, um, whereas Rose would also be looking to get forward. Davis obviously is a little bit more solid on the back, I, though I think Rose is a better defender. So I think it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, it's a tough one. The only other thing I can think is that if because we have the game on Thursday. Maybe Walker, as an attack-minded player, is playing against Sunderland, and um, Trippier will be playing on Thursday, and therefore uh, Rose will come in as the attack-minded player. Yeah, I think he. Was, I think he, from what I heard, he was carrying a knock, and yeah. uh, I, I agree. I think Rose is a better for me. Certainly, better going forwards. Um, nothing wrong with Davis. I think he's quite solid, but. I think Rose gives us much more going forward and he links well with Chadley. And he's so good in the air. He's For a little guy, he's so good in the air. With Rose? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's decent. I think I think um, Davis is decent. I don't yeah. think he's by any means a weak link. Um, but um, I, I agree with Carol um, you know, and, and you guys. Uh, Rose is better. The conventional wisdom was that um, Davis was a better defender and Rose was a better attacking fullback. But I think, given last season, I think... Um, Rose is is definitely better going forward, um, and they're you know probably on a par defensively. Um, I don't think there's any 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 guy you know I don't think Davis is clearly better defender. Um, so I, again, I heard about you know he was injured to start the season. I think long you know this season, um, they, uh, Rose will feature much more. But I think maybe he's looking at um, over a long season having the two players that you can play. Um, we've got a lot of games, um, and it's no use having um, halfway through the season or, or getting to, I don't know, a heavy schedule in December, and then saying, right, Davis, who's been sat on the sidelines and not been part of the team, you've got to do your stuff now. Um, so maybe he's trying to rotate the squad there and 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 uh, you know make sure that he's got two players that can remain fit for the whole season, so that position is occupied mm. now Rose was on the bench right yeah, yeah he was on the bench yeah. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't play Thursday yeah I mean we've got Carabag Thursday Palace Sunday Arsenal Wednesday City Saturday so that's four games in a short space mm-hmm. of time um, that, you know, games are going to come thick and fast and that's where you need a st- strong squad and you need competition or cover in in in, in 
Can I, can I raise a question, actually, Javid? Can I raise the yeah. question? You, um, I think one of the last times on what I was on, um, we had a big row on Twitter about um, Walker and getting rid of Walker. Mm. Um, and I was sort of interested to know what your opinion. You, you seem to be talking as Walker as a, um, you know, definite name on a team sheet. Um, Trippy has got a lot of promise, but um, uh, how are you? How are you standing on that now? Um, I, f- I think Walker's had a few games. I think the first few games that he, first couple of games this season, um, I thought it was okay. He did well. I've, I've got some stick against United, but I don't think he was at fault for the. Oh, yeah, I thought I he had a good, good game yeah. United. Um, I still maintain what I said last season, which is I think that he had a really good breakthrough season. Um, for us in 2011, 2012, and then after that, you know, whether it is change of managers or you know, he's, he's had a few injuries and whatever, um, he hasn't. His game hasn't come on for me. Um, I think that uh, you know, I wouldn't get rid of him or anything like that. Um, I think he's still a good player to have. Um, I'd like to think the fact that we've got Trippier now, hopefully, will provide him some competition. I think that one of the biggest things with Walker in the past was he was the main man mm. um, and you had Carl Norton but I don't he's playing quite well at the moment he's playing yeah yep. yeah. Well, that, but that's that's just so Spursy these players they play for us whether it's Norton oh, or Sigerson or Soldado and man. Uh, yeah what's well, Spursy yeah I... it's like except about Bratner Bollocksing up You're breaking up. If I'm not accepting out that that we're gonna thinking about of our happiness. Um <laughs> and our ability to bollocks things up any given opportunity. I hate it. Okay, I heard a bollocks and I hate it in there, <laughs> but you're, 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 you're breaking up. I think I think I think we, 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 we get the gist. Okay. Um uh, we do a few questions, but these are gonna be snap really quick questions. Um David Pips, what was more of a relief, three points or Addy fucking off? Points. Points, <laughs> definitely, I think. That was a relief. Addy was going to disappear at some point. Um, I'd go with Addy. Because um, we, we could always get, we could have always got three points next week, or the week after. But at least he's, at least we, 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 he's, he's gone. You know, he's not like a bad smell that's lingering. Right. Um... Okay, so Kent Goodrich, final two questions. Um, There's quite actually quite quite a lot that I would have liked to have gone through, but apologies for not reading questions, certain questions. Um, we'll, we'll have to do that um, next week. Um, Kent Goodrich asks, with Halloween not so far away, what cost, costumes will be worn by Messrs Kane, Chadley, Larice Walker, et al.? Um, Aaron, I'm just going to come to you on this one. Uh, Hugo Lloris is gonna go as Mr. Fantastic, the guy that could stretch his the his body in the in the in the comic books. Uh, uh, Kyle Walker, I think he should go as um, young Robert De Niro. He's got the he's got the mole on the cheek. I think he could pull that off. Uh, Chadley, obviously a dolphin. And um, as a person, I actually really really hate dressing up. I think it's I kind of hate being around people that are dressed up. So I hope Harry does just shows up in like a really smart suit, you know, with like a glass of brandy and just sort of smiles and makes small talk. That's what I hope. 
He'd make a good Harry Kane. I yes, think. he'd be an excellent Harry Kane. It's not very um, horrible. I... <laughs> okay, final question. Um, Paul Simon asks... Okay, so Paul Simon um, says that his son, Obin, Orbin Bailey Simon, was born on the 29th of August. So congratulations, Simon. Um, and they watched their first Spurs game together yesterday and Sunderland was won 1-0. Um, now, his first Spurs shirt is on the way, um, and it's Sun, Sun 7, um, and he has a 100% win record. But what advice would the panel give him about being a Spurs fan to p- prepare him for a life of, sorry, Zach, Spursy ups and downs? Um, now, you're both parents, so... Zach, I'm going to come to you. you oh, I would just say, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I don't know. Take out Ultimate Frisbee or Tiddlywinks <laughs> or something that's less painful. You know, um, I don't know. Would you do that to your child? Luckily, my son, I know, luckily, my son has absolutely no interest. He humours me a little. He knows it's my team and he, he's very interested when I'm doing a podcast and things like this but he's rugby all the way that's what he's passionate about um, and I don't know my daughter's coming up to two and it's not really she, she actually likes kicking a football and stuff like this but um, I don't know I God would I wish it on my children if I really loved them no probably not <laughs> Aaron uh, the single greatest movie the single greatest sports movie of all time is Rocky and it's great because Rocky loses at the end. Spoiler alert. Uh, and it doesn't matter, right? He didn't. It doesn't matter that he loses. It doesn't matter that he gets the girl because it, all of it at the end is that he boxed. He boxed. He fought the fight that he wanted to fight, and and he he lasted as long as he lasted. And um, and it was. It's just as triumphant. Had that movie ended with Rocky winning, it would have been a lesser movie, and it would have you wouldn't have cared as much. That is what supporting Spurs is for the rest of your life. And if you can like Rocky, you can love being Spurs. And I think you're teaching your son an incredible, passionate lesson about the way life works and the way um, sports should be watched. Or oh, shit happens. Um, on that note um, we're all off to see Addy out the door Um, the future's bright the future's lily white good night in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.